you've got to make choices in your life that will, that will lead you to that end. If not, you know, you're going to continue to be unhappy in the life that you're leading now. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Liberty Lions, welcome back to the Lions of Liberty podcast, your home, as always, for great conversations about the ideas of liberty. And boy, do I have a good one for you here today in this, the 270th episode of this program. And that means you can find today's show notes featuring links to everything we discuss over at lionsofliberty.com slash 270. And I know many of you out there are facing major healthcare decisions, especially right now with the open enrollment period for 2017 having just begun. I want to encourage you to check out today's sponsors, Health Excellence Select. They have set up the ultimate free market, affordable alternative to Obamacare that you absolutely must check out. Learn more at lionsofliberty.com slash health. My guest today is making his second appearance on this program. Many of you who've been around the libertarian podcasting world for a little while will likely recognize his name because he is the host of the wildly successful Jason Stapleton program. He is, of course, Mr. Jason Stapleton. Jason, are you ready to roar? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. Uh, Jason, since we last spoke, and that was way back in episode 115, so I want to encourage people to go back in their feed, way back in their feed to episode 115, and give that interview a listen so you can learn more about Jason, where we really discussed how you went from, I guess, sort of a, a neoconny marine slash mercenary to a, a libertarian podcaster. So be sure to go back and check that out to learn more about how Jason kind of got here. But but since that time, you've really been putting your heart, your soul into this show, and the results, I, I think, speak for themselves. So I just want to commend you on, on the continued success of the Jason Stapleton program. So why don't you just update everyone on, on what's been going on with the show and, and what do you attribute the your massive growth to? Yeah, well, I mean, we've been, I don't know, consistency <laughs> showing up. I guess that's the, the biggest thing for success in anything is, you know, 80% showing up and and 20%, 10% persistence and 10% luck. So, uh, we've had a little bit of, a little bit of all of that, but the, the show is going well, it's, it's growing. And, uh, we've had, uh, we've been able to finance the show now independent of, of, of viewer money, which is always nice. I don't, I don't like running a, a nonprofit. I like the fact that, that we're able to generate revenue outside of that and, and the numbers keep growing. So with any luck next year will be an even better year and, and we'll be, we'll have an even bigger audience of people that, uh, that are hearing and responding to this, this message of limited government and free markets. Now, Jason, I brought you on today to discuss some topics that aren't necessarily, quote, libertarian in nature, although I think people will see that they, they really are tied in together in a, in a larger sense. But, you know, there are some themes that you often address on your program. And I look at this overall theme as kind of preparedness and self-sustainability. You constantly stress this stuff on your program. And I'm not just talking about prepping for end of the world scenarios or anything like that, although we'll touch on some stuff like that in a bit. But really, you always stress the importance of building human human capital. Now, I know a lot of my listeners out there are probably in this sort of situation where they have a decent job, they make decent money, uh, they're pretty happy, but at the same time, they fear losing that job because if they lose that job, they don't have a backup plan. They don't have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. And I think that's the kind of stuff that you you often stress on your show, but a lot of people might just not realize, well, where can I even start? I mean, I have the skill set that, that got me to this point, but now what? So what would be, I guess, sort of your first advice for people that are, are starting to think out 
outside the box a little bit, starting to realize that in this current economy, the way things are going, we can't rely on on the jobs that we have. Even the jobs that seem the most solid now in five years might be completely irrelevant. So what would be the first place you would have people start? Yeah, that's a good question. I've I've been lucky in the sense that I've always had a, a broad range of interests and uh and maybe I've been lucky in the sense that I get bored easily. So I am uh I I'm when I look at what I do, no matter what your job is currently, I don't I don't know what it is that you do. Maybe you're doing something that you love or maybe you're punching a clock, but uh whatever it is that you're doing now, the the easiest way to make sure that that you're competitive and and that you're able to survive anything that comes along is to make sure that that you have a wide-ranging skill set and that you are you're either ahead of the power curve in in running your own business or you are an indispensable asset of the company that you work for. So what I always say is, listen, if you work for another company and you like working for a company and you don't really want to work for yourself, that's fine. There's, you know, the important thing to do is first make yourself an indispensable asset of that company. Make sure that you are, the easiest way to do that is to treat the company like it's your own. To have that much respect for it, to be willing to go the extra mile, to to not have to have the boss ask you for stuff, and and, and to always be do always be the person who goes above and beyond, and to constantly be the employee who takes on more and more responsibility, whether or not it pays more. And the trick there is that you become so ingrained and so and responsible for so much that happens at the company that, frankly, as long as there's a company, you're going to have a job. And I've got I've got guys who work for me who are like that. They're smart. They figured out that, hey, if if I continue to take on more responsibility and and I just make sure that that he can't ever deal do without me or 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 the, the company's gonna take a major hit if he does, then uh, then I can I can survive. And, and I'm gonna be around as long as the company's around. Even if they have massive layoffs, they're they can't lay me off. Uh, at least not without really hurting the bottom line. And, and the second thing that you do is you find something I just something want to that, stop you there for a second, yeah. Jason, because I think that's so important what you just stressed there, because we haven't even discussed how to acquire another skill, how, any of that stuff yet. But the first step there that you discussed has nothing to do with skills. It has to do with an attitude shift, because I know so many people go to their job every day and they just see it as punching in and punching out. And I understand not everybody has the best work environment. Maybe not everybody even likes their job. But if you can just change your attitude going in, even if you don't love everybody you work with, even if you don't love everything you're doing there, if you show up with a better attitude and an attitude that this is my job, this is part of what I'm doing, it's going to have effects down the road just by, like you said, showing up every day, but showing up with that that better attitude. Yeah, look, lots of people work for j- bosses that they hate, that are jerks or at companies they don't like and 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 they really do just look at it as hey, I'm here to to fill a role and I'm going to do what's required of me and and not one thing more. And and that's fine. I would I would tell somebody who isn't happy at the job they're at that you need to be looking for a different job. There, there's no reason it's unnecessary in America today for you to be miserable doing what you what you get paid to do. It's too easy to make money for you to be spending your time or wasting your time at a way at a job that you don't like or that where they don't treat you right. But if you're stuck there because your skill set is lacking or your work ethic is lacking, then you got to work on both of those. And you can start on the work ethic side day right from tomorrow when you show up the next day. And I'm I'm amazed at how uh life improves for people and how it improved for me when my attitude around the office changed when I was working a regular nine to five. Now I haven't had a real job in a decade, so I tend to focus on, hey, how do I increase my human capital? So if you're in a job right now and nobody else is offering you any money or a job to go anywhere else, there's a reason for that too. It's because your skills suck <laughs> because you're not marketable. 
because whatever it is that you do is either not a desired skill or is not a highly desired skill, meaning you can't make a lot of money doing it. And so I always say to people, find that thing that you love doing. And I don't care what it is. It can be woodworking or underwater basket weaving or, or, uh, or working on cars, <laughs> is whatever that a real it is. Thing? Underwater yeah, basket weaving? It sounds I awesome. I, I'm yeah. now interested in, in doing that myself. So my point is it doesn't really matter what it is you choose. The important thing is, is that you love it, that it's a passion. And then what you do is you spend another 40 hours a week on top of the 40 hours a week or 50 or 60 that you're plugging away at your job right now. And you learn that new skill and you become proficient at that and you gain a, a new, hopefully marketable skill that you can then shop to other employers or to increase your, uh, the pay that you're making at your current company or to get that, uh, to get that raise, whatever it is. But the important thing is, is that you're never stagnant. You know, I started a company that teaches traders how to make money in the currency markets, right? But I, immediately after starting that, I started studying advertising. I already knew how to trade, but I didn't know how to sell anything. I didn't know how to advertise. And so I started working on that. And then from there, I started studying video production and how do you create really compelling video and, and how do you sell with video and, and, and how do you uh, how do you edit and, and do audio and, and, and after effects and all these special effects and video. And I started learning that and you start adding up all the skills that I have now because uh, I parlayed that study of, uh, of, uh, of video and audio production into a podcast and you start adding all of that up. I mean, those skills bring me millions of dollars a year. And, and you look at that and you say, well, it started with me learning one thing. How do I, how do I edit this particular video or how do I record a video and put it on the internet? And we extrapolate that out to doing major video production with after effects and special effects and doing full po audio podcasts and live streaming of video. All that stuff is a byproduct of just every day chipping away at my own knowledge base and making sure that I am always I'm always learning something new and increasing my, my human capital because now, man, we can do all kinds of things with, uh, with the knowledge and skill that we have here around the office, but it starts with you being willing to work. And, and, and frankly, the reason that most people don't get ahead is because they're just lazy. Now they like to talk about how they, oh, I work 40 hours a week and I take care of my family and I do this and that. But the truth is, if you really want to be successful, it's probably going to require that you work 40 hours a week at your job and 30 or 40 hours a week at something else that you love doing and that you do that for a really, really long time. I mean, I used to get up when I was first starting my company, I got up at 4.30 in the morning to drive downtown to where our offices were. And I worked from uh, from five o'clock in the morning until four, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I would go home. I would spend a couple of hours with my family. And at eight o'clock at night, when my kids went to bed, I'd go back to work and I'd work from eight till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And then I'd go to bed. I wake back up at 4.30 the next day. And I would do that six to seven days a week for five years. And I know what a lot of people are thinking right now. They're thinking, but when do I watch my sports? When do I watch my TV? That this sounds like a miserable existence having to work all the time. So yeah, what, no, what, it, what is about your attitude during that time kept you, kept you going when you really didn't have much time in your life for leisure? Yeah, the attitude is, is that I see my life and, and I see what the future looks like when, when I am successful. And I see the little successes that I'm making, which, which drive me to work harder. I mean, I look at my life now. 
and I have people who work for me. I have a, a company and a podcast that that do really, really well financially for me now. And I get to do pretty much whatever I want. If my kids have a game in the middle of the day, or if they have some sort of like uh, some sort of special event or or recital or something like that, I don't ever have to miss any of that. I took off two weeks to leave town in November to spend time with my family over Thanksgiving. I'll shut down the entire office for two solid weeks between Christmas and New Year's. And I don't care. I'll do I do whatever I want to do now. If I want to take off for a month and go on vacation, that's what I'll do. I'll just I'll just budget that time in because I've reached a level of success in my own life where I don't have to work 15, 20 hours a day. Now I still work a lot. Don't get me wrong. But the difference is I do it on my schedule and I do it. I work doing things that I love. And so every, every labor that I have is really a labor of love. And, and that's the difference is that I don't do anything anymore that I don't like doing. I either farm it out to somebody else to do, or I just choose not to engage in those types of activities. And, uh, and, and that's, that's the goal I think of everybody is that they be able to make a lot of money doing something that they love, setting their own schedule. And they're just, that doesn't come without a lot of hard work and a lot of risk. And, and you've got to make choices in your life that will, that will lead you to that end. If not, you know, you're going to continue to be unhappy in the life that you're leading now. And, and you certainly could have had more leisure time at an earlier point in your life by simply just doing a 40 hour a week job, coming home, spending more time with your kids, maybe playing video games. Maybe you watch an extra movie with them at night. You could have had that quote unquote freedom then. But if you did that, then you wouldn't have the real freedom that you have now. You wouldn't have the, the self generating income and the businesses that you're running now because you wouldn't, you didn't make those sacrifices at the time. So, so by sacrificing a little bit of freedom at one point in your life, you're able to grant yourself and your family so much more freedom now. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey has a financial show and he talks about, uh, you're going to live like no one else today. So you can live like no one else tomorrow. And his has to do with finances means living within your means, living below your means today so that you can live a lifestyle later on that nobody else gets to live. And, and I apply that not just to my, my financial life, but to my work life as well that, Hey, I, I, I work really hard. Even now, I mean, I work, and I, I take on risks that the average person would not take on. Uh, you know, when we built out our studio here to do a podcast and the amount of money and time that we've invested into that and, uh, and you realize, Hey, I'm, I'm spending a fortune, uh, in time and money to do this thing that isn't making me any money, but, but I just, I, I know I can make money with it if I just keep working it. And we continue to take on risks like that every day that most people wouldn't so that I can continue to increase my income and increase my standard of living and, and, and my security over the next, you know, two or three decades. Cause I got a lot of, I mean, I'm 37 now. I got a lot of life left in me. I got a lot of working years. Yeah. And I, I remember speaking to you not too long after you, you started your show and, and you were kind of telling me all, all of what you had put into it, everything you were putting into the studio. And, and part of me was very impressed, but I, I'm not going to lie. Part of me was like, Oh my God, this guy's putting a lot into this. But you know what? The fact that you did that, the fact that you put so much into that is, is exactly why the show is successful. You know, when you've put so much of your own capital into something and when you've put the time and effort and money into making it something that's uniquely great. It, it uniquely, I mean, when you watch the Jason Stapleton live stream, uh, you may as well be watching Fox News or MSNBC in terms of production value, de definitely not in terms of content. <laughs> well, that's all right. No, I, don't, I understand where you're going. And, and that was the idea is to, is to do something that nobody else was doing and, and to provide a, 
uh, a level of quality that didn't exist for libertarian and and really third party content and and to make it something that was legitimate and that was one of the things that I really wanted to do is I I wanted what I say to have legitimacy and one of the ways that you do that is by creating a product that that oozes legitimacy that that oozes uh, you know quality and so that's what we tried to do and and I you know we we're always looking at the studio and going ah the lighting could be better or man wish we had a couple of better cameras for this or that but in reality as as libertarian or third party content goes there are very few people in in media today in alternative media today that that can best us in terms of quality uh production quality and and I hope I at least I think personally in in terms of uh of actual substance as well so Something I want to circle back to here when you're talking about when you started to acquire these, these various other skills. First, you became a trader. Then you learned about advertising. Then you learned about video production. And something really strikes me there because you might not be the number one best podcast host in the world. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying you might not be. But you're definitely in, I'd say, the top 10%. And you might not be the best currency trader in the world, but you're probably in the best 10%. And you might not be the best advertiser in the world, but again, you're probably in the best... 15, 20%, if not 10%. So the point being, you don't need to be number one at anything, but if you're in that top echelon of say three or four or five skills, I mean, the sky's the limit. Yeah, it really, it really has to do with, I guess in my mind is being competitive. So when, when you look around and you look at the other people who are doing what you do and who are successful at it is what you're doing on par with what they're doing in, in terms of in terms of production and and uh, I guess content quality and it doesn't have to start out that way. I know a lot of people, you know, you look at starting a podcast and they're like, well, man, I don't I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to to build out a, a studio. I I, I barely I got a five hundred dollar budget. How do I do it? Well, you do it on a five hundred dollar budget and you say, well, Jason, I I just don't know if I could get behind the microphone and talk for all. I don't know. I've never done that before. Well, there's a great way to start. Uh, get behind a microphone and, and and talk every day. Hey, even if you're talking to nobody, just get behind the microphone and start talking. And you can throw the recordings away after you're done, but do it every single day. You know, the average podcaster does one podcast a week. Uh, I do five podcasts a week. That means I'm getting five times the experience any other podcaster is getting just simply by doing my show more often. That's an old uh, trick from uh, uh, that uh, Tony Robbins used to talk about. They said, oh, how, how did you get to be such a, such a great public speaker, Tony? Well, he said, you know, the average speaker would go on the circuit, would talk maybe uh, 15, 20 times a year. He said, I would talk twice a day. And so he said, I, I, I increased my skill much faster than anybody else just because I would talk to anybody on any stage that was willing to let me on. And, uh, and he said, that's how I got so good so quick. And so you look at that and you just, man, you just got to grind it out. You're going to suck at the beginning at anything that you do. That's why it's so important that you pick something that you truly love doing, because the odds are you're going to be willing, you're going to be able to overcome the hurdle of sucking and, and, and the trial and the letdown and the negativity that's going to come on you because there are going to be no shortage of people who are going to tell you what a stupid idea your dreams are. That's just there, those people exist everywhere and you've got to ignore that and you got to push through that. And if you're doing something you don't love or you're doing something just for the money, you'll never survive. You'll never overcome all the negativity that's going to come at you as you try and pursue that, uh, that, that higher echelon. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I, I can give a, a tiny little example. I, I mean, 
I started this program having no clue. I mean, no clue. And the evidence is if my listeners, I don't really want to encourage people to do this, but if you go back to episode number one of this program, which I didn't throw out, I didn't put in the trash can, uh, I let it all out there, I don't sound good. I don't sound like a guy who knows what he's doing on his podcast. It's not well edited. It's not well produced. My, my questions probably aren't that snappy and witty like they are now, uh, but it's there, and I had to do that. I, I was never going to get to a point where I am now if I wasn't at that crappy point before, and you have to just dive in and start doing and start doing, so I just started contacting people and starting scheduling interviews, not even knowing what the hell I was going to do in the interview. But I knew if I didn't take that first step and say, all right, I'm going to talk to Stefan Gatella this Wednesday and I'm going to record it. And that's going to be an episode of this program. If I didn't even take that first step, I never would have been continually sitting in front of that microphone again and again and again. And, uh, you know, eventually improving over time because you're not going to do it by just reading a book about podcasting, by just thinking about podcasting and not even just talking about podcasting. This really does apply to anything. Yeah, no, you're right. It, you, the The difference between you and everybody else is you got up and you took action and you showed up and you showed up every day and you did the work and your show has become really successful because of that. And, uh, and you got, you should be proud of that and, and everything that you've been able to accomplish with the show, because it's a direct reflection of, uh, of the amount of work and care that you put into it. And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, we're really talking about how do you make yourself, how do you insulate yourself against downsizing? How do you make sure that you've always got a job and that you can feed your family? And it starts with you taking pride in every single thing that you do, no matter what it is and no matter who it's for. And then secondly, constantly increasing your skill set uh, to a point that you could go. It's really a choice for you. you it's not, you're not stuck at the job. You could work at two or three different jobs in two or three different industries because you're that good. And, uh, but that only comes with time and dedication and, and it, I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't come easy. It's, it's not, no, nobody's just going to show up and hand it to you. You're going to have to work hard at it. And that's why focusing on things that you love doing is, uh, is the easiest way, the easiest path to that end. Well, Jason, speaking of an easier path, I want to take a quick minute out to tell our listeners about an easier path they can take for their health care. And guys, I have purchased my own health insurance for the last decade, and I saw firsthand how prices just skyrocketed after the implementation of Obamacare. Suddenly, I found myself with huge premiums, huge deductibles, and being told that I have to buy the specific insurance or I'm going to get fined. I realized right away that this was a scam and that I needed to seek an alternative. And I found that alternative in the concept of health sharing. This is an amazing legal alternative to Obamacare that allows people to share medical expenses with people of similar values. For most people, health sharing is a much more affordable option, and it's a lot less taxing on your soul than that corporatist Obamacare health insurance. And our friends at Health Excellence Select have put together the ultimate package to help you manage your health care. You can learn more by heading over to lionsofliberty.com slash health or giving my rep Jeff Cantor a call. He can be reached directly at 440-283-6849. Be sure to tell him Lions of Liberty sent you. 
I want to touch on a couple other sort of areas of of preparedness when it comes to uh, finances, really, because and you're someone who really does follow the economy, and and even someone like you who follows the economy can't predict when a crash is going to occur. So we really have to be ready for the worst almost at all times. And you know, like like I said, if if I have a listener out there, I know I have listeners out there like this. I've spoken to them uh, who are curious. You know, they're they're working their forty hour day a week job. Maybe they're listening and they're inspired by you, and they're going to start acquiring some new skills and thinking outside the box. Of, of new ways that they can really improve their own human capital. But in the meantime, these people also want to get prepared and, and have sort of a financial backing. And I'm not going to ask you for specific financial advice, but more of the overall idea of how can someone who, say, maybe has 50 extra bucks a week after, they, after they've paid their bills and fed their family, how can someone like that begin a process of a- actually building a little bit of wealth, building a nest egg, and, and starting down the path of, of investing? Yeah, well, it, it starts with that fifty dollars. I mean, the only way you get rich in America I- anywhere is to spend less than you make and to save and invest the rest in industries that you understand. That is the secret to getting wealthy. Uh, you can do it the other way by becoming a world class singer and getting a fifty million dollar contract or becoming a, a a sports star. But the reality is, most of those people don't end up maintaining their wealth over their life. They have many times of, of going bankrupt and, and, and coming back. And it has to do with the fact that they can't spend less than they make and they don't know how to save and invest. So whether you've got 50 bucks a week or a, or a hundred bucks a month or whatever it is to, to set aside, however much you can shrink down your lifestyle, uh, to have something to save, the very first thing is, is a savings account, you know, just make sure that you got some savings on the side. And I always like to have a little bit of cash on hand, uh, just in case the, you know, something, something serious were to happen and the banks were closed. Uh, it's, it's a small amount, but it's still something. And then you go out and you start learning in the same way that you learned, uh, whatever the new skill is that you love, uh, you start learning a little bit about investing and you learn what a 401k is versus a Roth IRA. And you learn what uh, an index fund is instead of over, uh, over buying ETFs. And you do that because you understand that you worked really hard for this money and nobody is going to care as much about it as you will. And so even if you're going to turn your money over to somebody else to manage for you, you need to understand enough about what they're doing to know whether or not you think it's a good idea. And then if you don't think it's a good idea, you make them change it. And they'll always complain. I I don't really, I don't know, Jason. I think this is a really bad idea. And you know what? Hey, thanks for your advice. That's what I'm paying for. Now do what I tell you to do because it's my money and I don't like the way you've got it allocated. The only way you're going to have the confidence to do that is if you've done the research and you understand what's happening in the mar- in the in the economy around you. One of the things I try and do on my show is I, is I try and explain what the economic stuff means. So when we've got jobless claims numbers that come out today and they spiked up real high. Well, what does this mean? Should we be concerned about this? Is this is this more evidence that we've got an economy on the brink or is this just noise? And it turns out in this case, it's just noise. But the point is, I try and educate everybody on on how to understand what's going on in the world around them so they know better how to prepare. Do I need to have more money in stocks right now? Or maybe should I put some in gold? Uh, how, how should I be allocating my resources? Well, only you can make that decision. I can't tell you what to do with that. I, I don't know anything about you or your financial situation, and I wouldn't begin to try and give you advice on how to spend or invest your money. But I can tell you what's happening in the world around you, and I can share with you 
what I think is going to happen or what I think is happening so that you can be better prepared or more informed on how you should act. And that's, that's the advice I give to people. It really is amazing how many people spend their whole lives saving money only to put it into some managed account and just cross their fingers and hope for the best and really have no idea what's actually happening to their money. And and I I've, I was like this five or six years ago. I, I set my money to a money manager and I just kind of trusted him and didn't think more of it because I didn't have the knowledge myself to do anything but trust someone. And, and now that I do, I, I actually self-direct my own investments now because I just didn't like what was going on on, on that way. And now I, I do feel like I have the confidence to at least make some some good decisions that maybe not, yeah. not, not the best decisions, but better decisions. Well, at least you own them, right? At least you don't have anybody to blame, but yourself is that, look, you, you listened to the money manager, you understood what he wanted to do. You either thought it was a good idea or it wasn't. And you made a choice and you made an educated choice based on what you felt was right. And Hey, if I've always said, look, if I lose everything in my life, I want it to be on me. Like, like if, I, if I built out this studio and I started this podcast and it ended up going up in flames and nobody listened to it and all I got was negative reviews and, and I just I got to eat the cost and the expense of that. And and uh, and, you know, I, I just wanted it to be on me. I wanted it to be, be because I made that choice and because I took the risk and it wasn't because of anybody else's decision or because I decided to relinquish my control over my life to somebody else. And that's what, uh, that's what being, I mean, we talk about libertarians and you talk about what we believe. We talk, we talk all this about self-ownership and limited government or no government of some people. And, and we talk about, uh, uh, free markets, but what we don't spend a lot of time talking about is what that means for you, the individual. It means a whole lot of personal responsibility. And that's where people tend to buckle. When you start talking about, well, you know, you need to make these decisions. Well, I don't know anything about it. Well, then go invest a hundred hours of your time to learn about it. Well, I'm a busy guy, Jason. Ah, okay. Well, then turn it, yeah, then, then turn it on. To, then turn it over to another guy, and then when it blows up, just recognize that's your fault too, right? It's not that guy's fault. It's your fault because you're lazy and you'd rather watch Sports Center than uh, than spend time learning about your money and your investments so that everything you work for doesn't go up in flames. And so that's something that I think that's, that's part of my responsibility as a, 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 you know, as the host of my show to, to, to impart on people is just the importance of this freedom comes with responsibility and you need to be educated and you need to understand that you are responsible for your own destiny. Right. And I keep knocking on sports. I actually make a good portion of my money working in, in sports. So I'm not trying to knock on the concept of sports or people enjoying sports as entertainment because I kind of need you guys to do that. Uh, but uh, the point being that if if the reason you don't think you're succeeding is because you need the three hours of TV at night or you have to go to this basketball game and, and that's what's holding you back, well, then I would suggest that you're not really prioritizing properly. You should kind of do what Jason did. Sa- make those sacrifices in your life now so that you can take off and go watch all seven games of the World Series someday and travel to, to each one, you know, if that's what your passion is, you know, at some point you're going to have to to make a sacrifice with some form of entertainment. I mean, I would love to just do nothing but to, you know, watch sci-fi movies all day, but that's not going to work. That's not, that's not going to bring me income. That's not going to bring me success in life. And that's not going to bring me the freedom that, that, I, that I, I know most people strive. Maybe they're not striving for it every day, but it's what most people would love to have is that kind of freedom. What a lot of people don't realize is the amount of effort that has to go into achieve that. 
Well, look, and, and don't get me wrong. Look, as you want, if you like watching sci-fi movies all day, and that's what you really love doing, you just need to sit down and think about how you monetize that. I just expose myself as a mega nerd, by the way. Well, no, but <laughs> think about it. Think about what you and I do. Okay, I, I'm not going to tell you how much money my show is going to make me next year, but it's significant. And I, I'm lucky in that regard. I've spent two years working on it, but we're now at a place where the thing is next year is going to be the windfall that, that we've all been waiting for. And what do we really do? I mean, I decided I wanted to sit behind a microphone and talk about politics and economics, that I really like that. And I don't, I don't have a degree from a college and I don't have a degree and I don't know a degree from economics or a, a communications degree. Nobody knows me anywhere when I started this thing. But I looked at what I wanted to do with my life and I said, okay, how do I make money with this? Because I can't just afford to to spend three or four hours a day investing in this project if there's no money on the back end. I just, I, I don't have that kind of bandwidth in my life. And I realized that, hey, if I can get enough listeners, if I'm really good and I get enough listeners, advertisers will pay me to promote their products. And I said, all right. Well, let's see if we can get people to listen to the show. But it's a crazy idea. So if you like, well, you know, watching sci-fi movies, all you got to do is figure out how to make money with that. And I can think of, you know, half a dozen ways you could do it. But the point is, find what you love and start thinking about how do I turn this into something that will that will provide me a living. All right, guys. So stay tuned for the Lions of Sci-Fi podcast coming in 2017, <laughs> inspired by Jason Stapleton. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jason, one th- more thing I just want to touch on but before we get going here is uh, you did a whole show on the road for this uh, earlier this year. But basically, if you could just touch on uh, the concept of prepping. Now, I'm not saying I-, I-, I actually have to admit that maybe seven or eight years ago, I listened to maybe a little too much Alex Jones and and really thought that I had to stock up on water filters and and all these weird vitamins. And I, I definitely wouldn't recommend that that for anybody out there especially if you're someone who is just starting to save. At the same time, there are realistic scenarios. Uh, It doesn't even have to be the end of the world or an apocalypse. It can be something as simple as you lose power for three days. You'd be amazed how many people are not even prepared for something like that. Uh, So what would be your advice for someone who is just starting to think, well, okay, I do need to get a little more prepared. I don't know what I'm going to do. I couldn't last six hours if the power went out. So what, what would be your advice to just get started down that path of being a little bit more prepared for the worst in life? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm I'm not a I'm not a zombie apocalypse end of days style prepper. What I decided to do was, you know, you start out and you're just trying to, you know, keep the lights on at your house, right? Your apartment. I started out in a one one room basement apartment in somebody's garage, and there, man, I was just trying to make sure that my credit card bill was paid and and that I could make my hundred and eighty dollars a month in rent. And you get to a point. I got to a point in my life where my life was pretty good. I, I had a house and I had a wife and kids and I had money in the bank and I'm sitting back, kick my feet kicked up on a table going, man, life is good. And then I started thinking about, well, okay, what happens if there's a major disaster? Like what would happen if the power went out? Now, you don't have to talk about some sort of EMP attack or some sort of plague that hits us. I mean, just, just think what happens if our aging electrical grid ends up shorting out and for two or three days, we don't have any food or water. Like my responsibility as a man is to provide for my home and my family, for provide for my family's safety and well-being, right? Well, I realized all the money in the world wouldn't get my kids water to drink, 
right? And so I started thinking about this and I said, well, I really need to have a little bit of food, a little bit of water. I already have guns because I'm, you know, I'm being a military guy. I got lots of guns and, uh, and I need to have some, some basic prepping stuff set up just to survive these type of short-term disasters. And you're, you're not going to find, you know, a year's worth of canned goods in my house or anything like that. That's, that's not, I, I'm not an impractical prepper. I am a practical one. And so Darren and I, Darren's my producer. He and I just got our ham radio licenses. And we got that just simply because, hey, in case, take a 9-11 incident, right? During 9-11, all the cell phone towers were jammed up and you couldn't make a phone call. And I thought, well, what happens if there's a, there's a, there's a strike or there's an electrical strike or something and the towers get hit and, and you don't have a cell phone reception? How do we communicate with one another? Uh, natural disasters like what happened in, uh, over in Missouri in Jun- is it Junction City. That's not right. Wherever it was over there, the big tornado that went through. But uh, no, Joplin, got it. Joplin, thank you, Joplin. Ding, ding, so ding. Joplin goes through and all the cell towers are down and, and you can't call and let your loved ones know that you're alive. Well, man, a simple ham radio, uh, the ham radio guys have a, have a network for that type of stuff. You can get information out over ham radio, this antiquated technology, uh, but it requires a little bit of effort to take the tests and stuff. So Darren and I took the test. So it's all part of just being prepared in case something happens. I, there's an old saying, train like you, like you, you're going to be the hardest person on earth anybody ever tried to kill. And that's the way I live my life. You know, every single day I live my life and I train and I prepare so that if the time ever comes, I'm going to be the hardest guy on earth you ever tried to kill. And I think that a little bit of that in everybody's life is a good thing. And so if you're just starting out, the important thing to look at is, okay, if the, if we lose power for a couple of days, how do I feed and clothe and, and shelter my family for, for two to three days? And what type of medical supplies might I need on hand? If I, for example, if I'm a diabetic, what steps am I taking in order to make sure I can refrigerate my insulin? And simple things like that, because you don't realize how bad, how quickly insulin goes bad in the summer. And if you have a period of time, an extended period of time where your refrigerator doesn't work, uh, your insulin is going to go out really quickly. So you start thinking about that type of stuff and start preparing for it a little bit here, a little bit there until you build up a nice little reserve of, uh, you know, a week's worth of food and, uh, and, and a little bit of water. And, uh, like I have a lake on my property now, so I, I don't have to worry as much about the water, but you get what I'm saying. Right. Right. And w- water really is the most basic one. I mean, in our house, we always keep uh, several gallons just on the side because, you know, I can, I can figure out food. I can go a few days without food. That's not a problem. I might get a headache and get cranky, but you can't go that long without water. I mean, you go three days without right. water, you're done. Yeah. You really don't have any time with the water. You've, you've got to have the water from day one. And I, I, you know, in my house, I, it would break my heart to turn to my little girls and, you know, one of them is four and she tells me she's hungry and you just, you know, realize that you don't have any food to feed them. And that, and that really, I think more than anything is what drove me to kind of get started in having some preparations is because I, I looked at my little girls and I said, man, I can't imagine them starving because they haven't eaten in two days and I've got nothing to feed them because I was too much of a schmuck not to be prepared for even the smallest of disasters. 
And so that's what really got me motivated to say, all right, very first thing is we're going to have some food and some water around here so that my kids don't have to go hungry if things go south. Well, Jason, I hope that uh, my listeners out here today take a lot of your words to heart. Some things might apply to certain people's situations more than others, but I think overall, it's it's more about not the specifics of how to proceed when it comes to you know either bettering your skill set or just starting with investing. It's really not about the the ones and zeros we're talking about here. It's more about the overall attitude, and that's really what I hope uh, listeners can take from this today, Jason. And and once again, thank you for coming on the show. It's always a blast to talk to you, and, and keep up the great work. Uh, obviously, people know how to use the internet; they can find your show. But anyway, I'll still give you the chance to let everyone out there know how they can find the Jason Stapleton program and feel free to plug away on anything else you got coming up. Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much for inviting me back on the show and, and congratulations on all the success that you've had with your show and, and everything that you're doing. I, I hear nothing but good things about uh, about the show and and the way it's it's progressing. So congratulations on that. And uh, if anybody wants to watch my show, you can. it's Jason Stapleton program. You can get it on any iTunes podcasting app, or you can go to jasonstapleton.com. That's the website, and uh, you can check us out there. So uh, thanks. Appreciate it. Jason Stapleton, keep up the great work and keep on roaring. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with the great Jason Stapleton. If you are one of the three people listening to Libertarian Podcasts that has not yet heard the Jason Stapleton program, I want to highly encourage you to do so. Not that Jason needs my promotion. He's doing quite well on his own. And, and that is a true thing. I really did talk to Jason a couple years ago when he was first uh, starting his show. He hit me up and we were just kind of shooting the shit a little bit and talking about podcasting. And I was very impressed with what I heard he wanted to do. And it's been even more impressive watching him actually do it. So, you know, it's it's true. He took, he took something that did not exist, which was a finely polished, well-produced, TV show that is aimed at a libertarian audience and aimed at converting libertarians and created it. Now, there's a lot of great podcasts out there, a lot of great YouTubers out there. There's not a lot of content that is consumable in the way that mainstream audiences still consume their information. And and I can send my dad to the Jason Stapleton show, and if I didn't tell him, he'd think he was just watching cable news. That's how well-produced the the live stream of the Jason Stapleton program is. He is also, of course, on iTunes and all the podcast platforms as well. But what is most impressive about Jason is the video production quality and, of course, the fact that he does this five days a week. Now, I, I bust my butt to get you two episodes a week or so. John Odermatt ch- chips in. He does Felony Friday. I've got a team of other Liberty Lions. Brian McWilliams doing his own segments. Other people chipping in for roundtables. I've got a whole team of people here helping me produce this content. And we're busting our asses getting you three days a week. Meanwhile, Jason Stapleton rolls out of bed and gives you five every week. To me, it's extremely impressive. His commitment is extremely impressive. But what's most impressive about Jason to me is his understanding of how to do this. Like, he didn't just luck into any of this. You know, we didn't really get into this stuff, but I've heard Jason talk about how, he, you know, at one point in his life, he was sleeping on a friend's couch because he didn't have anything to his name. And here he is now. We can all do this, not necessarily exactly what Jason is doing, but we can all pull ourselves out of a crummy or mediocre financial situation and make things better. And yes, the state, oh, the state, ah, it's everywhere. Yes, the state is passing regulations and and really making it difficult to start businesses nowadays. Uh, The Federal Reserve is inflating our currency. That's all true. But guess what? This stuff has been true forever. (laughs) Whether it was the Federal Reserve or some other government entity or just nature, there have always been obstacles 
in people's way. And if you only see the obstacles in your way, that's all you're going to focus on. You're just going to see the big boulder in front of you that you can't get past. And you're going to forget that there might be 19 different pathways above, under, and around that boulder. And that's what you got to see. You got to see all the different pathways that you can possibly take to achieve a different path in life, to achieve success in ways that you never imagined. And it's all possible. You just have to do a very important thing, and that is decide to do it. Decide to make a change in your life. Decide you're not going to settle for a mediocre existence where you work 40 hours a week and you're miserable and you just decided you can't do anything else. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a 40-hour-a-week job. I just took one. Can you guys believe that? I've, I've been a freelancer for 10 years, didn't work for anyone. I just accepted a full-time job, which I never thought I would do again because it makes sense for me in my current situation and in many ways will give me a little more freedom as well, hopefully that I can use to focus on producing more content here for you at Lines of Liberty. But you're going to have to stay tuned for all that. In the meantime, while you're over on iTunes or Stitcher checking out the Jason Stapleton program, don't forget to leave this program, the Lions of Liberty podcast, a five-star rating and a great review. It's little things like this that really have helped this show grow and continue to help this show grow. So please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to the show on. And please share the show with a friend. Share it on your social media. While you're at it, come join the conversation with us in the Lions of Liberty Forum, our private Facebook group. If you just type Lions of Liberty Forum in your Facebook search bar, it should pop right up. It is a private group, but all you got to do is request to enter. As long as you look like, you know, a real human being, we'll let you right in to join this conversation. And until next time, folks, live long and live free.